It's hard to hear the truth with so many people talking. Join your host as he engages in unfettered conversation with folks sharing their perspective on how businesses, political policies, technology, and world events impact their families and communities. If you want to turn your thoughts into actions, listen to the Brother of Light, dropping wisdom in your left ear and knowledge in your right. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Folks Unfettered. I'm your host, Gene Folks. I'm that brother of light. I'm the wisdom in your left ear and the knowledge and you're right. We have a different kind of show. It's election season. And if you haven't gotten out to vote, I encourage you to go out and drop in your ballot and vote for the candidate that has your best interest at heart. I don't care how you vote, just vote. So on this episode, we are excited to have as our guest, comedian and satirist, Lauren Lagodesi. She can find her at www.laurenlogi.com. So we're going to jump right into this episode with Lauren. And at the end of it, you're uh, going to have a special treat as Lauren raps, um, impersonating uh, Melania Trump. So let's go ahead and, and join us for our um, comedic political episode. Hello, Lauren. How are you? Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going fantastic. So thank you for uh, joining us on this episode of Folks Unfettered. Uh, ah, I'm your host, Glad Gene. to be here. Yeah. It's nice to be here. Nice to have you here, actually. So um, I guess uh, how I'd like to get started is just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and where you are in the journey. Uh, we had a chance to read your bio and... Um, uh, some interesting questions there, I think, in this political uh, season, that is nice to add a little levity uh, to the seriousness from both sides. So uh, I came across um, some of your work uh, online, and I figure you just give a chance uh, for our listeners to learn a little bit more about you and um, how, where and how they can find you. Great. Well, you know, my mission is to open up the hearts and minds of people through laughter. And that's what I do every time I step on stage, every time I post a video. Um, that's what I'm trying to do. And so I am creating a lot of characters in that vein. I have over 15 characters from um, an Italian grandma who reviews Game of Thrones back when that was going on. Um, <laughs> to a the manager of the Park Slope Food Co-op who's 
very eccentric and very funny um to melania trump is is an impersonation i also and i also do mary poppins as well those are my two celebrity impersonations which mary poppins is one of my all-time iconic favorite characters most listeners don't know that that's my favorite movie (laughs) so tell us about that impersonation before we get into well uh, you love her even much if you get to be her oh my god she's so (laughs) balanced i love Mm -hmm. like um she gets mad at things like if she has if she someone annoys her she'll be mad and then she'll let it go and that is so nice isn't that nice mm-hmm. like what if maybe we should all be Mary Pop- we need Mary right. Poppins back in this country I think exactly right so she actually handles um disagreement with a little bit of a spoonful of sugar I guess which is Absolutely. which right maybe we need some civility uh, back meaning she doesn't hold any grudges she's pretty like she can say something and then she can go she doesn't let people move her off balance she sees something that's wrong and she can call it out and she's goes back to neutral and that's pretty Mm -hmm. fun to play Hmm. interesting so how you mentioned your italian grandmother um how has your the women um in your italian family impacted your comedy well i didn't look like people i grew up around and so feeling very different made me have an outsider perspective mm-hmm. and so i looked at everyone and around me and saw the dynamics of their interactions <laughs> and then that eventually manifested itself into carmela and then her sister rosa as well <laughs> That's funny. You've had a lot of um, really nice reviews. Um, some of your viewers uh, have called you clever and hilarious. So did you bring um, the most authentic versions of Melania Trump, um, known as Melania Trump? Known to Melania Trump, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And also you uh, authored a book. Um, is that right? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, it's called Inside Melania, What I Know About Melania Trump by Impersonating Her. Mm-hmm. And this came about because we, when I do a character, I, I there's this thing that I didn't realize before I started on this journey, so say, is that mm-hmm. there's an impersonation, which means someone who basically just copies the, and tries to be that exact person in mm-hmm. everything from the way they looked and talk and walk. Then there's an impression, which is more someone like Dana Carvey, just kind of, you know, playing the church lady, off the wall it's not supposed to be exactly like the person just a hint of and so and that's more they have more of a pointed comedic perspective and so what i'm doing is i have a pointed comedic perspective and i'm also trying to inhabit the person as much as i can so Mm -hmm. when you inhabit someone as an actor that's more of my actor muscle there you (laughs) get to know them and so people would ask me what do you know about her we maybe don't know. And so I sat down and wrote all of that down and then used that as jumping off points for humor essays. So it's a combination of both uh, me telling you what I know and mm-hmm. then also writing, using it as jumping off points to write things like gr- reimagining Grimm's fairy tales or imagining what her TikTok profile would look like (laughs) it's gonna be interesting um and as an actor i know you have to do a a character study and so i'll follow up with the question that you probably get asked the most 
What have you learned about Melania Trump from what we've seen uh, in the public? Is there anything that you believe that we've missed? A lot of things are, that are coming to light now basically just have proven everything I've written over a year ago. Mm -hmm. I, I think she's not a lot different than Donald. She just manifests it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Donald is the last person she wants to know that she's like him because she uses it. <laughs> <laughs> she's, no, she's definitely no dummy, but she doesn't mind playing one for the right reasons. She, um, you know, she's, there's no, like, she has basically, there's a reason why she has stayed Donald's longest relationship. Mm -hmm. um, That's interesting. Yep. And so, you know, she's, she's cunning. She, she is, I don't believe she really cares about being first lady. She, she's narcissistic. She doesn't mm -hmm. believe, can't believe that people would just give her credit for all sorts of things that aren't really anything. Um, mm -hmm. She just wants adulation. And if you don't give it to her, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. um, right. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so we so, kind of use that um, as for uh, my tick, my TikTok and Instagram parody page at Flotus Official. We have a lot of fun with that. Um, mm -hmm. And we have Melania. We were going to supposed to during COVID tour the Melania Trump Roadshow, get out the vote and get me out of the White House of Garbage. And it was a satirical ride into Melania wanting to get out of the White House, not because she cares, but because she wants to go back to Trump Tower and close the door forever. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. That's funny. And now where can, um, and I want to give a plug for you. So where can our listeners find you? Um, I know you've got, uh, Lauren uh, Yep. Uh, give us your link to your uh, TikTok and your Twitter account, yeah. and we're going to talk I about Christmas really at some point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I keep it super simple. So it's Lauren Logi, Lauren L O G I, mm -hmm. everywhere. That's how you get my website, laurenlogi.com, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Lauren Logi, and um, Flotus Official. Now, if you want the book, uh, the easiest way is to go to insidemelania.com. Wow. Now your work, your work has uh, gathered um, quite a bit of attention. I mean, you've been featured in the New York Times, BBC America. I'm familiar with BBC myself. Uh -huh. Bus Magazine, McSweeney's Internet Tendency, Hyperallergic, uh, La Voce di New York, among some others. Um, uh, so you seem to be an authority on um, Flotus, what do you think after, let's just say that her husband is not reelected, what do you think her next, because you called her cunning, so what do you think she'll do after that? You know, historically, the first ladies have had some cause that they have championed. Um, I know hers, ironically, was um, anti-bullying. <laughs> or it was Be Best, it was called. Be Best. Be Best, be best right. Because I am the best of the best, always. <laughs> That's whatever it is oh i you know i so wanted to have this conversation with you in full melania uh mode uh, i've done <laughs> it before just that. well it's more about you and how you embody that person and like you said it's more than just an impersonation so uh from what you've seen what do you think what do you think her next move would be if if um our current president is not reelected? Oh, I think she'd all be happy as a clam. She'd go back to Trump Tower. They'd go back to seeing each other twice a month. I mean, <laughs> yes. 
Celebrate good times. Come on. She would be dancing in the street. Oh my God. Because oh it was kind of right? That she didn't want to move into the White House, that she wanted to stay at Trump Tower in New York. That that seemed to be kind of odd, right? Allegedly, well, they gave the excuse of Barron, but I think the, the allegedly, according to a book that came out, that she used it as a leverage to renegotiate her prenup because Donald's are notoriously terrible, which this is so classic Melania. That's exactly what I'm saying. She's like, that's a Donald move. I have mm-hmm. leverage. I'm going to use it against you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. I mean, but she do. Oh, no, Donald, I can't come. I just want to. I now my life changed so much. I need to look over a few things. You always say make a good deal. Donald. <laughs> So I guess the, the question is, <laughs> which I think it's great. And I'm, I think that's actually excellent. More power to her. She's right. in a situation. She's got, I mean, what is she going to do? She's like, but Donald doesn't mind bankrupting his ex-wives. He has no problem mm, doing that. So no, exactly. you got to protect yourself. She knows what she got into. She knows. Right. Right. And that leads to the next question. I mean, why do you think, you know, they have a, Somewhat of a significant age difference. Why do you think she married the guy in the first place? Uh, Ooh, Ooh I have a lot of reasons for that. Okay, I have. <laughs> you know how many reasons I have? Do you know how many reasons I have? Ooh, Give them three point one billion. That's what I have. <laughs> yeah, he's actually said that himself. <laughs> yeah. He's actually, yeah, he's oh, actually he knows. Said that he's, he made a joke at some some reception about some funeral. Like, oh my God, this widow is so upset. It was a at a funeral. This widow was so upset. I know Melania wouldn't be that upset. He's like, <laughs> he's pretty clear. I think they're both pretty clear on where what it is. On where they are, right? And yeah, and, and their relationship. So um, now I know other than which we'll come back to Melania. I know that I I caused some of your videos online. You do this Christmas. Um, you have this Christmas video. Well, what's what's that about? Oh, you mean you log with friends? Yes, you log with friends. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you log with friends. Um, I the, you know those you log videos where people kind of sippy. There were they might have a cat before a fireplace. Mm-hmm. Or and so there were several people doing it, and I was like, ooh, what if I put my characters in front of them? So. Then I experimented. We did a whole very long day shoot where I did 20 minutes. Each character had an, their own arc. And something is going on in front of the fireplace and and it's a wordless thing. They're not speaking. It's like you get to see people alone in a private moment. Mm-hmm. And it is really weird and has touched people in a way I could never expected. Um, because people are so lonely. And I think now, like as soon as the election's over, I'm going to start pushing this because pushing it again, because mm-hmm. it's never been more important to have someone in the room. I actually came up with the idea when I was working for, I was doing a B job home a lot and it was, it's online. And I was just alone so much. I wanted someone in the room with me. So mm-hmm. I would put these fireplace videos. At least I felt like a cat was in the room. <laughs> it felt a little better. Right, right. right. I mean, right. we all need, like, because we're all starved for connection. Mm-hmm. And she's like more than ever before. So um, that was like the point is to, to ha- try to bring like pure human experience, like a being in the room with you. And so that was my attempt. Um, you can go to youlogwithfriends.com or you can get to it on my website. There'll be links to it, but um, yeah, it's and it's on obviously on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. 
and so would and so each new character i've been just like i just did one a new character i'm doing is ivanka trump so i just um i was in a location shooting something with a fireplace i was like let's do a u-log and i'm like let's mm -hmm. press record that's interesting that. so um because it's timely right because mm -hmm. you make a very good point is that now that we are in this state of you know, a virtual world, if you will, mm -hmm. um, people are finding it very, very difficult to connect. Yeah. And so it's it's hard to sort of infer, I can imagine, because you do stand-up comedy as well, it would be hard to connect with the audience in, um, in, in the same way, virtually in the same way that you would connect with an audience um, in you know in real life IRL right in that way so how are you overcoming that barrier I think you'll time uh, you'll log with friends is a really good way of doing that but are you looking to expand that to try to make it more of a connection because yeah. it seems we're you log with friend, yeah you log with friends is something I did uh, a few years ago actually it's just something that I keep adding to it and it's uh, become more more relevant than ever so um Zoom shows aren't the same. It's just never mm -hmm. the same. So mm -hmm. we're actually doing a radio show, which I'm really excited about because um, because we're doing it on Sunday. It's a two-hour radio show at WCGO in Chicago. And what's so great about it is that it's not meant to be live. Like Zoom shows is like, here's a replacement for live. Whereas like doing radio means nothing's missing. It's only supposed mm -hmm. to be heard. Mm -hmm. And that's how we're doing. We're going back to things that traditionally aren't meant to be seen to communicate that way. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of a return to the early days of entertainment when, when, if, the, if I understand you right, where there was, you know, just radio and most of the stories that we got were coming from radio. And then we had the invention of the television and then we still sort of had, so it's just changing the, distribution channel by which we receive our content well it's creating a creating along in a channel that's meant to be consumed in a certain way so it's um so it's creating for radio so we're, we're gonna mm -hmm. experiment we're gonna see how it goes we're doing that on sunday we have a bunch of guests coming and you know it should be really cool that's, um, awesome. that's, that's how we're doing we're experimenting with different ways to do it because just doing zoom shows isn't gonna work right Right. Yeah, I know. I know there's some some platforms where they're trying to sort of deepen those connections that you would get through, you know, uh, human contact. Now, you mentioned something that I want to touch on. So you have a new character, you said, Ivanka Trump. What inspired you to spin off from her stepmother into Ivanka? What what was intriguing about her that made you want to step fill in, fill in her shoes, I guess? Uh, you know, if I may say. <laughs> well, uh, okay there's always like a deeper reason why i go into every character every character like makes me deal with look at something and mm -hmm. right now ivanka it's her daddy issues mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think her dealing with yeah. relationship with her dad and thinking about that mm -hmm. yeah but really said... it's because also because it's there's so much to say and no one's mm -hmm. covering her Right, right. I actually think she's the smartest of his children, right? Or, or at least the most um, cunning, yes. um, if, if you will. Um, she knows when to be silent, and then she also knows when to uh, speak. And then when she does, she's very 
um, her speak is very her speech is very measured, right? In that Ooh, sense, yeah. right? So she's yeah. very pointed in her conversation. She knows how to um, inflect the right emotion. Kind of like she's Donald Trump's daughter, but then she distances herself because it seems like she has her own uh, agenda. Do you find that to be um, what uh, what you feel emanates from her? Well, I'm still working. I'm still working out the character of it. Um, mm. For now, I would say correct, correct, correct. Like I agree with what you're saying, and mm -hmm. so measured when she speaks. Wow, mm -hmm. what media training. Right. Um, and distancing herself when convenient. Mm -hmm. She's trying to, yeah, I think just open the door for her to be in politics. And you, she's just like a master of media manipulation. Mm -hmm. And because she, and the other thing is she's always hesitant to be around Donald because her whole socialite life is now in tatters because no mm -hmm. one will talk to her again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I should and, say no uh, one. I want to say the masses will not talk. The mass of that of that socialite group are not going to talk to her. Mm -hmm. You mean her core socialite group because of... Yeah, like, th like this New York life, like her being invited right. to the Met Gala is not happening again. That's over. Right, over. right. Yeah. Because of her father's political stance or because of... And her involvement um, in his administration. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. She's Do you involved. find that to be odd? Yeah, no, I know. I know. I was just going to lead to that. It's interesting. You're, you're a step ahead of me, which is okay. Um, isn't it interesting, though, that he has his children involved? Right. Um, and her husband, uh, Jared uh, Kushner, mm -hmm. um, there's been some things that have been revealed um, about him with with seemingly no. Um, it, it seems like they're cutting their political teeth without having, you know, prior experience. Um, it's is is that a fair assessment? And and, and as you sort of. Uh, um, work to get a deeper understanding of Melania, and now you're putting together this sort of profile on Ivanka. Um, would that be an accurate assessment of, of what you're discovering? Well, he's a narcissist. So mm -hmm. anything that has his name on it is more valuable. So of course mm -hmm. he's gonna want like people he, in his circle, like his, his daughter, his sons to come work for him and be involved, of course, because that's, what he believed like they must they are the best you know mm -hmm. jared bought his way his parents bought his way into harvard he was not qualified but mm -hmm. they, that seems to run in the family right <laughs> yeah 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 so. consider donald has they say they they allege donald has somebody take his sats for him at least uh his yeah, niece and yeah. sister well, like, right yeah michelle said something in her documentary like when she was at school michelle obama when she was at her call at Princeton, I believe she went. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. But she was like, you know, that was like their, you know, so-and-so knows someone, so-and-so donated. It's like their own form of affirmative action that they don't <laughs> right, recognize. Right, right. right. <laughs> That's actually pretty funny. So let's say in 12 days that um, we no longer have uh, uh, Melania Trump as, as the first lady. How is that going to impact, or if it is going to impact, your um, uh, your uh, impersonation of her? Well, the plan is to have the Melania Trump apology tour. <laughs> okay. What does that look like? <laughs> well, 
not to give away the store, but that's We're, that's pretty um, funny. It would essentially be like a like let's heal from this, mm -hmm. but laugh <laughs> so right. hard. Right. That's <laughs> Melania's uh, apology tour. That's pretty interesting. And we're um, excited about that because we think we can do that one, perhaps depending on the, the content. Right. We might be able to do that internationally where the voting pep, like the voting pep rally we're doing on Sunday and, and the, mm. um, the, the Melania Trump Rojo get out the vote. That's a, that's so American. That's like really mm. needs to be done here. Whereas <laughs> right. the apology to our and obviously like performing internationally is like always so fun. So sure, yeah. absolutely. So so we've talked about your characters. Tell us something. Um, and I am sure you get these questions all the time, but but tell us something about you as a person. Um, I know you were inspired by the women in your family. Um but um, what what led you to comedy? Were you a comedian kid? Um, was it you know was it you know was it just the way you look at life? Um, tell yeah. us tell us more about Lauren. Like what yeah. what what makes Lauren who she is? Well, I think being an outsider was one of the. I've always kind of been on the margins and in between things, and mm -hmm. I think that makes me just always looking at things from kind of. An outside perspective, meaning like, like I was part of the Park Slope Food Co-op, and hmm. okay. and I would watch all of these like people militantly organizing produce, and would <laughs> be like, "This is amazing," and I just wanted to. Uh, <laughs> and then I thought of like, who would be care and then i just you know saw like a, so just everywhere i go i'm just kind of like like watching from the outside right. and i think that informed my ability to do characters i never thought i could do and i wasn't doing them at first on comedy stages because i didn't think that was available to me right. or open for me and especially stand-up i went to stand-up shows and always felt really bad afterwards and they would mm -hmm. like like make fun of the most obvious thing this was a lot of like put down comedy like like, oh, wow, you called someone fat. Like, that's not, that is, could be funny, sure. It's not how I want to make people feel. Mm -hmm. And it was always the same profile of straight white guy on the stage. And it was just not something I just was like, I, I this is, can't be something I can do. And then I had a few people and mentors tell me, like, be like, you could do this. Like, you can't, and show me, like, there's all these alternative comedians and you could be one of them. And so that's, that's where I started. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting. So, um, <laughs> a funny question for you. I, th I, I think you can handle it. Um, uh, so, as you look, uh, let's just pretend, you know, we've got all these problems that are facing us in our nation right now, right? Um, you know, from the economy to the pandemic to, you know, small businesses, we have all these things. Um, imagine you were from Mars. And they recruited you <laughs> to advise either, you know, the current administration, if they're reelected, or the new administration. How would you tell them to uh, solve these problems? Um, like, how would I, what would I tell the aliens? Like, What would you, no, you're actually the alien. You're actually from Mars. And so you're looking oh. at our political arena. <laughs> Oh and you come down to Earth for you know for a vacation, and, <laughs> and we're actually faced with all yeah. these 
they're actually recruiting you to say, Hey, we've got these problems, help us, help us yeah. you know, solve it. So you're a Martian coming to earth going, you, you know, you get pulled in either by the yeah. Trump administration or by the new administration. They're saying, help us solve these problems. How would you, how would you go about that as you I see them? Yeah. I don't think Donald thinks that he has any need for a help of mm. any kind. He's, I don't think, I think he believes he's got it fairly squared away. <laughs> Right. Donald just needs a few more four years, then the, he'll get rid of term limits and then be there forever. So we'll put him in cryogenic pod. So, we will freeze his brain. So I just don't think they need, they don't want my help. They don't want aliens' help. Oh, but th- maybe, maybe Donald wants to put a hotel on the Mars. Right. So, so he would sell us out to Mars so he could put up, uh, he'd be the first one putting. Uh, uh, Trump Hotel Mars up there, or at least license his name to it. So, yeah. uh, or maybe he got a Martian bank account or something like that. It's actually, it's actually pretty funny. He um, want to get there before he began, before before the that other guy. He want to get him there first to be number one. I conquer. Then he colonize. He want to colonize. Right. Too. Colonize. That's pretty funny. So, what do you think about how how uh, let's let's get your take on um, you know when Donald was running for you know uh, election initially he was you know he and Melania were coming down the escalator right and all their grandiosity. Um, what how do you think he's how effective do you think he's been at draining the swamp? <laughs> I mean, I think he just made a swamp. I think he made his own swamp. And put like some some of his glitter on it, you know that gold. He he made everything gold lame, make right, everything tackier right. than ever. Right, right. He drained the so swamp you're... and then he invited white supremacists to guard it. I mean, <laughs> what he invited? He's like, oh, I will drain. I'm going to drain the swamp and then I'm going to be the dictator of this. He's the dictator of the swamp. <laughs> And they have all those people with the, the Nazi insignia inscribed, inscribed into their chest. <laughs> so if, if you were, uh, so if you, I'm sorry, actually, you're actually really funny. So, so if you were, how would you run your political campaign against, against Donald Trump? How would you, how would you, how would you approach Donald Trump with his, um, uh, testaments of uh, fake news and his dog whistling. Um, even though he's been asked the question a million times, he has yet to definitively um, uh, uh, deny, you know, uh, white supremacy or renounce white supremacy. Uh, so, if you were running a campaign right now, what would that look like? It's you and Donald. Well, I'm not a politician, a luckily. So no, this, these answers don't matter. I know. Well, let's, let's ask Melania what she would do if she was, right. if she was uh, running a campaign against Donald. Um, well, for one, I would just get bullhorn for a debate. I pull it out. When he won't close his microphone, oh, no. And also I get the other thing. When the debate stays, the thing I will make, Elon Musk make for me. That will make him, when he talks out of turn, I will just either inter, interval between giving him a nice sharp buzz like a dog collar and also turning off his microphone. Oh, that's, that's, that's actually funny. Now, I know we have the big debate uh, coming up tonight between uh, Biden and, and Trump. Um, 
is is that something you're going to watch like like I, I i know you do your home your feet search but does does uh it does every time donald get on television that gives you just more material like you know how would melania react to that man i um, try to minimize my exposure to okay that. so but tonight i'm on doing a debate watch party i've been i have a pretty good community on instagram and we mm -hmm do Instagram lives on Monday nights, kind of like a community gathering for us mm -hmm. artsy weirdos. And so we're going to do a debate watch party tonight. Mm -hmm. And that's wow. how I deal with it. It's, do, it's doing things in community. That's really important. We need community right now. And so we can kind of make fun of it. Look, we know what's going to happen. I, I mean, we know what's going to happen. Right, right, right. Donald no, is going to be screaming. Biden is <laughs> trying to get a word in. Right. Maybe right. like like dabbing at his facelift, which mm. <laughs> I like Biden, but he got stretched back. No, I I do respect Biden in all of American politics. He his facelift is the most bold and daring. <laughs> that's, that's just I expect to laugh halfway through this. But I love actually... this. No, I love. I mean, I, mean, I don't get the I don't get to be on stage with to hear the laugh. So this is lovely. So thank you. Oh, this is absolutely hilarious to me because it's. You know, you really have provided levity, though, um, to, you know, this political season. Um, and I, I can't imagine um, um, what your fans must be seeing. What's some of the feedback that you've gotten from your tribe, as you call them? Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely feel like they um, I, I get told that you give me some light and laughter in these very dark times. And that mm -hmm. makes me happy. That's, that's the point. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I hear from them. And that's what I keep giving them and think of how can I help the people that follow me? Cause they're the ones that matter. Mm -hmm. That's, mm -hmm. you know, there's other people are noise, but the people that are supporting me like that, I do it for them. And, and how are you, because um, I know I, I got on your email and you sent out almost like a mental health wellness check to say, hey, here's how we're su surviving the, you know, the pandemic. Um, and you gave some tips on that. Talk a little bit about that. What inspired you to do that? Because I found it to be very calming and it felt like a connection, right? That somebody um, actually, you know, cared because I think yeah. I subscribed to your yeah. channels. Well, so, well, the way I talk to people in my email list, which you can join at laurenlogi.com, I mean, I feel like they're my community. Like I, I write to them I, as I would not write to people on social. I don't feel like I do write more personal stuff on social, but I will share mm -hmm. the most personal stuff on my email list because I, you know, I just feel like why you got to earn it a little bit. You want the personal mm -hmm. notes, you got to be on the inside. <laughs> right, right. So and just, I just felt like, what am I? How? Like, actually, my I sat down and I was gonna write. I was like, oh, I'm doing this election special kind of. You can buy my audio book and get an MP3 of this voting rap, which we should end mm -hmm. this with. I could rap, rap as Melania. I was gonna I, ask you about that too. Right, right. I was because I noticed you do you do rap as Melania, so that yeah. would be. Um, yeah, that would be uh, that would be interesting. Okay, <laughs> that would be, very fun. Definitely want to give them a treat to that. So. Okay. Um, Great. yeah. <laughs> I and so I, was, I sat down to do something that was more, it was going to be more, Hey, buy this thing. And then I'm like, that is not what we're all feeling right now. We're not in the mood mm -hmm. for that mm -hmm. right. rough right now.
Right. No, it is. No, it is rough. It's yeah, it's a it's a tough time. And so laughter seems to be the medicine that actually, you know, keeps people from going yeah. over the edge, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then I like people do buy the stuff, you know, people do it's not like people don't buy the stuff. It's just that I mean, you have to be like empathetic to your audience. Like they're not in the mood to hear like buy my audiobook, which mm. is actually very good by the way for listeners. We actually have okay. we have like I did at all use all of my characters for the different voices of the people in the audiobook. So I highly recommend it. Some people mm-hmm. say they like it better than reading the book. But um, you know, mm. just you can't like you want people to buy your stuff, but also the most important thing long term is to create community. Right. Right. And, and um, let me ask you this. So what's your favorite book and why? I wanted to ask you that question. Hmm, that's a great question. Oh, let me think. Looking on my bookshelf. Um, looking at my bookshelf. Um, well, I could say two books I really liked enjoyed. I guess I'll say um, one book I really enjoyed recently is Wangari Matai's autobiography because she was someone who was working towards helping with environmental conversation conservation in kenya and was this unstoppable force but so positive and whimsical and it was nice to see that like you don't have to get bogged down by how hard it is and like my god they were trying to stop her at every turn and she just kept going and i thought just felt really inspired by that wow that's interesting huh okay also anything david sedaris wrote is my i love and makes me crack out crack up on trains planes on wherever i am i'm reading that and i'm just like on the floor it's he's so funny Hello? Uh-oh. Hello? Hello? Lauren, can you, yeah, yeah, can you hear me? You, I got you. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we were, we were uh, talking about your writing style. Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay. Can you repeat the question? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was asking about your writing style. Like, is it, is it, cause it seems to be whenever you impersonate Melania, it's not mean spirited. Um, uh, cause you mentioned, um, a couple of your favorite books that you read and you mentioned David Sedaris. And so it's, uh, how would you describe your writing style? Because it seems to be your your positive, and yet you add that sort of slice of satire into it, and it seems to be somewhat whimsical. But then there's always something, at least in when I've reviewed your stuff, that it actually is something I pull out of it. I don't come away feeling bad, like you're bashing Melania. So, so what's your writing style like? You know, like when you sit down and put pen to paper or hands to keyboard. Um, you know, what's your approach when it comes to you know, getting your uh, program together. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I, it's always good to know like what people are responding and how they're responding to my work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I just kind of call it as I see it. And mm-hmm. I think if it 
makes me laugh really, really hard. And, and, you know, you're thinking about um, a lot of what I come up with is absurd and weird. And that's <laughs> simply my taste and my aesthetic. And that's okay. And I was made to feel bad about that for a really long time. But that's what I like. And that's what I do. And you just got to like, you know, people are going to want to cater your stuff to be different. And, you know, no, you just got to do what you're going to do. So, right. So, and you just mentioned something, you said that you were, you know, uh, an outsider and you were different and in your words, weird, and you were made to feel bad about that. Uh, explain, you know, give us a, an explanation or uh, what that period was like and how you turned that into a positive. And is that one of the impetus for who you are today? How did you address that challenge? Because I believe in this day and time that we all have our different challenges, especially being, you know, in seclusion, we're left to sort of deal with ourselves, right? Um, yeah. With less of distraction. So how did you overcome? Did you see that as an obstacle? Did it, did it you know, did it motivate you to, you know, um, how did you sort of attack that, that level of negativity? Well, I think the part of it comes from time and starting to look at wait why don't they that really it's understanding that people don't like you based on them and they're gonna say stuff based on their experience and so understanding that like if someone gives you a suggestion that's gonna lead something to becoming a dramatic piece of stagecraft <laughs> they probably don't get it and i think like i had one thing really um one thing just kept coming is that I would have projects that I would change to make mm -hmm. other people happy. And mm -hmm. then I realized that like, that wasn't my original vision and to be re and that if you need to have people who believe in the original vision or else the thing is going to go sideways. Mm -hmm. And so that really is prompted me to, I'm very careful who I work with. I make sure they believe in me and the project. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that prompted me to kind of make those distinctions and then make it as a strength and mm -hmm. just so much, so much work. I did one person I have to give a shout out to is Diana Valentine. She helped me through this a lot mm -hmm. in, in her work with super conditions and thinking about like, you know, how, how I see it and what I'm doing is going to be different and just hearing back from my people as well. Mm -hmm. you know, they're just like, Oh, this is different. I'm like, really? Cause it's just how I think I'm not trying to be different. It's just gotcha. my worldview. Who you are. So, yeah. just so, so your comedy is an extension of who you are as a person and those things that make you who you are. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Um, so that, that this, thanks for sharing that. Uh, now, I've heard people say that comedy is hard. So what's the one thing you wish you had known um, when you first started out? Because I believe it takes a lot of courage to get on stage and just – put it out there right so um what's the one thing you wish you would have known as you look back over your career and go if i had known this in the beginning i would have done x or y um i think um yeah what i said about working work with people who believe in you and mm -hmm. get rid of people who don't and that that's one huge thing i also wish i would have just said like sandra bernhardt says like just there's too many people doing it you just got to say what you want to say and just leave it at that mm -hmm. so you just put it out there and let it go yeah yeah say gotcha. what you got to say 
Mm -hmm. People don't like it. Tough. Now you mentioned one person, and I'm gonna ask you for maybe two more. You could, you know, you can list all the ones, but uh, who in your in, in who are the three people that have been the most influential to you, either in life or in your career? Well, I, think, I mean, Diana Valentine has been. I mean, there's I've had so many lucky to have so many great mentors. Um, Pat McCorkle has been a wonderful mentor in the business. She took me in to be an intern at her office, her casting office. And I learned a lot about the business from her. I was so green. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. It was so green. <laughs> and so I got to give it to Pat for taking a risk on me. And she still, she was just writing that she's proud of me. And I'm just, that's just means the world. So, um, you know, that that's one other, a one mentor. Um, there's so many great people. Lynn Singer is another person who is an acting teacher who helped me become an artist right wow yeah. that's interesting yeah mm -hmm. okay that that really is interesting and so what's what's um now i know you're again you're developing ivanka but what are some of the other things that um like where can people find you like how are you doing during the pandemic um how are you is it's are you you know i'm i would imagine with social distancing that you know live uh, stand up maybe somewhat limited are you still doing live stand up or have you really just taken it all virtual it's all virtual so everything's online okay. you can find me um daily on instagram i'm posting a bunch there and mm -hmm. at lauren logi and you could find me um join my tribe my email list we do lots of fun things happening and i do get personal and try to lend you some support mm -hmm. you know um and that's basically what i'm doing right now and just planning for maybe the spring yeah Maybe right spring to tour. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah. and hopefully the spring right so uh I, I gotta ask this question is there another book in your future and I if so, so yeah you know what would the general topic be <laughs> well this whole thing like what i know about someone by impersonating them might become a thing mm -hmm. so it might be um Ivanka Trump, what I know about inside Ivanka, what I know about Ivanka by impersonating her. Mm -hmm. um, it might be a lot of things. I don't know. Um, so that's it. Or might just do a book of satirical essays. Um, mm -hmm. I like writing polemic a lot. And mm -hmm. so though those take a really long time for me to write. And it's like a, a synthesis of a lot of thinking and it only ends up being like two pages. But I don't know, maybe something like that. I'm not sure yet. We'll see how November goes. I think that's going to be kind of a big deal in Germany. I want to leave all this and I just want to go back to like fun, light characters. There's a lot mm -hmm. of darkness in them. I mean, there's a lot of darkness mm -hmm. in a lot of my characters, but I just want something lighter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So if you, who is other than Mary Poppins, because I, I can't imagine um, anyone lighter than her. Do you have your eye on any other characters that uh, can see us through this pandemic? I want to work on this guy named Francesco Ferrari. Mm -hmm. And I want mm -hmm. him to be someone who immigrated to Italy, from Italy to the United States, like in 2000 or something. So we like 2010, <laughs> he's like a new Italian immigrant. 
right. And I've been wanting to work on him for a while. He would just be like whimsical. Yeah, again, whimsical. I just liked, right? Whimsical. Hey, right, every, right, every, right, everything, right. Right. everything is big and, da, 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 and just happy. And he's right, one of those right. happy-go-lucky fools around the world. Oh, that's funny. You mean Francisco Ferrari is in the car? As in just a guy's name I made up. I just had oh, this Francesco okay. Ferrari's been in my, so it's not a, a impre- impression of someone. It's just a guy in my head. He's been wanting to come out for a while. And is that, <laughs> and that how the characters come to you? You, you sort of create them from, uh, you sort of create them from an idea you have and then you build upon that and then you give it either as a go or the no-go? Often it's a person and then I take off from there. Gotcha. Okay. 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 And so as we, what, what else would you like our listeners to know? I'd love to do them the rap. What would you like our listeners to know about you that you haven't shared as of yet in an interview? Um, well, most- that they should come hang out with me on my Instagram <laughs> <laughs> and my email list join my email list at laurenlogy.com i just feel there like you go. it's the best way for people to if you're looking if you feel like an outsider like i got you i got mm-hmm. you girl come mm-hmm. on over <laughs> and they can join your tribe by going to laurenlogy.com and exactly and exactly yeah okay. and the same handle that's on youtube yeah TikTok and instagram everything twitter awesome. yeah yeah. And I'd love to leave you guys with a wrap. Yes, absolutely. So it's all yours, Laura. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So my publicist wanted me, me to be more relatable. So I wrote a rap. And to be even more relatable, I'm going to do it even without the beat. Okay, ready? Ready? I'm, I'm going to snap my fingers. Ready? Ready? And five, six, seven, eight. There's so much drama in the Washington, D.C. It's hard for Melania with the double Ds. But I somehow, someway keep coming up with stupid bebeshes like every single day, May. I kick a little sense to the Dems and make a few comments as I breeze through 2020. Brum's term still going close to many. Stay home. Scroll on social media to make big waves because they ain't changed until you get in their space. So what you're going to do? Shiz, he got lots of robot trolls and the Russians do too. So turn on the light and open the door or don't complain to me no more. So we got to organize with this. Jump up, get out, get everyone to listen. Marching down the street, holding signs with witty and ironic sayings. Maybe we'll take it back. They mind on the votes and the votes change their minds. Marching down the street, signing voters. Talking to moderates will definitely take it back. Because I mind on the vote in this White House driving crazy my mind. <laughs> Thank you, Snoop Dogg. Thank you, Gene. Vote Thank in 2020 so- and get me out of this White House of garbage. <laughs> and I am Melania. <laughs> Folks, you've had the pleasure of listening to comedian Lauren Logie. You can find her at laurenlogie.com. Uh, on her website, on her TikTok, on her Instagram. We would love to have you back. You're just a pleasure to talk to. Thanks for sharing your story with us. And um, of course. Well, we look forward to talking to you soon. And we wish you much success and safety uh, during this time. Thanks you for too, keeping Jean. us laughing. Please, yeah, be safe, man. Okay. You too. All right. Okay. Bye-bye.